0: Still,
1: talk outside, and so everybody's getting all settled in, and, and uh, Mama Belle, I went to school, as you said, to learn about this this line that they changed, and and what they have done with the upgrading of the technology is they have made it so that. Uh, the conference, if
0: you will, is
1: more recorded-friendly, recording-friendly. And so it picks up all the the movements and noises and different things of that nature, so they're they're trying to make sure that uh, people can hear clearly, especially people who use these types of opportunities to build their businesses or record their uh, board meetings or what have you, that they're – they're able to do that, so so that being said uh remember they pick up all those different things, so Mama Bell is here. everybody is here so far to get us started. A text went out to the rest of it, and uh and so we'll get started, Mama Bell, if you make your way over to the piano for.
2: Okay, then. Uh, just about there, just about there.
1: Yeah, we'll give you time. It's right off 10 next to I 95.
2: Okay. <laughs> I just pulled in. There we go.
1: All right, we'll have a valet sent out to park the car.
2: Okay. Love of God. Come in. Our reading this morning
1: comes from Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three and verse one. Exodus 3, verse 1 reads, Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, He saw that the bush was on fire, but was not. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. That's we want to focus our attention today. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And I'm not Brother Dennis. We ask you to keep him in your prayers. But I think like he think in the time like this. Brother Dennis might say something along the lines of, As God called out to Moses, is God calling out to you today? He probably is. He's calling out and and he's calling out in various ways, but one way particular that he calls out, particularly around here, is in a way that Mama Bell loves to play and so we will hear the wonderful thing that God calls out to say to us, at least around here every morning. My dear Mama Bell, I think you know what that is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. off with something. Mama Bell, I want to read the letter to you if I can and the rest of the people here today. Hello, Mr. Eric Barrett. This is a courtesy email, or should I say this courtesy email is to notify you that you have been appointed to the Bicycling, Pedestrian, and Active Transportation Commission by City Council. Oh. The official appointment date will begin September 12, 2023, once it is adopted during council session. Please let me know if you have any questions or concerns, and congratulations on your appointment. Respectfully, Emily Ashby, Deputy City Clerk-Secretary Board and
2: City of North Hallelujah. Yay. Yay. Hallelujah. (laughs) Congratulations. Hurrah. Hurrah. Hallelujah. Uh, Uh, Yes,
1: indeed. I thought that'll make you happy.
2: Yes indeed. I
1: thought that'll make you happy. Yes. That is a three-year, uh, four-term max. Uh, so basically, uh, like the president gets eight years after 12 years, I go home and retire. So for 2023, that will push me all the way to 2034 unless something else comes up, and then I can retire then for real. So uh so uh, keep that in your prayers.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Great. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Wednesday calls will return on 9-13-2023. Uh, by the time I can get all settled in with all my other obligations and assignments, and that was uh, – that wasn't one of the things that I needed to finish. I had some other things that I needed to finish. And Mama Bell, she wants to go on a world tour. And so uh, she won't be back until then anyway. So we'll be back on Wednesday, 9, 13, 2023. And we're going to have a theme called Biblical Prayers. And we're going to look at all the Bible prayers. Uh Or start looking at some of the Bible prayers coming up on Wednesday, 30 a.m. You took a little break, and we will return uh, come nine thirteen. Some other things that are coming up that I want to put in your hearing is a new education model that we're working on that I ask you to keep in your prayers. What we're doing is we're looking at uh, the world uh, academically. And I'm of the impression, and present the thesis, if you please, that uh, most of the information that turns our society, that drives the decisions that turn same, are locked up inside of these institutions, the Morehouses, the Yales, the Georgetowns, the Princetons, the Harvards, the ODUs, and you get the picture. And the reality of it is that uh, because uh, most of the folks who attend those institutions are younger people who will uh, branch off to become the future presidents and congressmen and educators and workers, bankers, the list goes on and on, Uh, they start with these individuals and begin to craft the the policy, if you will, that will be the future of our society. The problem with that is a huge chunk of our students, of our young people, of the future of our society do not get to attend those institutions. And certainly, even more so, do not get to attend the more prestigious ones. And so the higher level of prestige, the more uh, policy and uh, culture is shaped. And so what we're looking at is how you balance uh, those conversations between those institutions and the real world. And our thought process and approach is to take some of those ideas and ideals that are taught in school – and try to create a conversation on the outside world. Uh, It would almost be as if you were going to school, you just will not get credit for it. Uh, But we want to make sure that the playing field is leveled and you are getting the same information or students are getting the same information that they would get in the institutions, and then they will have an opportunity to either uh, know how the culture is going to be shaped or to give them a head start on
0: uh,
1: how they can get involved or participate in those other institutions like Yale and Morehouse and so forth. If you're like me, when I got to college, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like Christopher Columbus. I didn't know I was going. When I got there, I know what I was doing. And when I left, I didn't know what I had done. And so we want to make sure that all students are not having that. So please keep that in your prayers. Some of the major things we're going to work on, is African-American studies here in this area. We're going to look at not just uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington, uh, Martin Luther King. We're going to look at them boys. You already know them. But we're going to take some of the unsung heroes as well as current heroes and sheroes and incorporate them into our conversation to understand not how the culture has been shaped, but how it is being shaped. So we're going to work on those conversations. We're also going to work on entrepreneurs, different businesses, uh, not just from the African-American perspective, but more futuristic businesses, our young business, our millennial businesses, Gen Z businesses, and even some of our senior businesses, boomers and Xers and, and millennials that are shaping the culture. We're going to look at those and kind of see where your money is being distributed who who's 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 moving and who's shaking and the third piece that we're going to focus on that is a major effort is understanding how our environment is being shaped how it is being transformed as we move into the future and how we can participate in Uh, doing our part to make sure that we both understand this little thing called sea level rise and climate change and global warming and so forth and so on, and and what minor steps or individual steps we could take to either correct or just transform into a different direction our society. So those are the three things that we're going to work on in this education piece. The people perish. Why do they perish?
2: American knowledge.
1: From the lack of knowledge. And so our goal is to realize that our communities are perishing. And part of that and most of that is from uh, lack of communication, which is breeding a lack of knowledge And so we can work on those things. We're definitely going to do that. And finally, people and payments. I appreciate we've had some wonderful folks who have uh, done their best to help us here, and we're grateful for that. But all this stuff's going to cost money, and uh, we're going to have to go out and raise a lot of money, and so uh, we're going to need people. So the thought process is that we're going to transform this uh, piece of business not into necessarily a church but into more of a communication center for people who, as I said, when you wake up in the morning, your right leg talks trash to your left, call me. And so we can be a community of faith uh, that does not infringe or uh, the word that I'm looking for is intimidate the other houses of worship because uh, the one thing that a pastor is intimidated by is somebody looking funny at his members. And so we're going to work to try to make sure that we are not intimidating or casting any type of intimidation on other houses of worship, but also that we're participating in the building of a community that is better for everybody and not just for the five folks inside one church. And So we're looking to do that, and and we need people to come in and support, and, and if they don't, just, uh, send a dollar bill and 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 say we want to make sure that our black folks don't start shooting each other. Come tomorrow morning. However way we do it, we better work on that. And and so we keep all that in our in our prayers. And we'll definitely talk about that as we progress forward. That's on my mind this morning for thoughts and prayers and consideration. I'm sure you have some things that you would like to share. Uh, with your Creator. We're going to have some time to do that here in just a few moments. Uh, Our pastor is here. He will, uh, in just a few moments, uh, begin the process, uh, open the line, should I say, of communication between us and our Creator uh, and begin corporately by sharing some of the things that we would like to uh, believe on as a community. And then give you some time to, as I say, address some of those personal issues uh, that may be on your heart. So we just want to step aside and, and say good morning to him and let him lead us in the way that he believes as he prays for us.
3: First of all, congratulations to you, Pastor, and to all that the Lord is doing for you Uh I remember um, some things that was uh, was mentioned to you almost a year ago about the doors that the Lord was going to be open to you um, in that arena. So we thank God for manifesting that which He's already said. And again, congratulations to you. Most gracious God, God, our Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We give you glory and honor for this opportunity that you've given us, that we have come to this place where we have assembled ourselves together. You said, where there's two or three gathered in your name there, you shall be in the midst. And we thank you, Lord God, for bringing us together. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us a mind to come together. We thank you, Lord God, for an attitude of worship and praises unto a living and true God. We honor you this morning with the fruits of our lips. We give you the uh, functioning of our minds as we open them up as you speak to our hearts during this time. And, Lord God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in the lives of your people Thank you, Lord God, for we have a testimony saying this day that you allowed us to see another week, another day that we've never seen before, and we are grateful for that. We are here, and we assemble together with our ears open, saying, speak to us, Lord God. As we empty of our cups and as we cast all of our cares at your feet because you care for us, as we rely and remind ourselves that you shall supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. As we have entered into your gates with thanksgiving into your courts with praise, and we will bless you at all times and your praises shall continually be in our mouth. We honor you this morning, God, for being our God and our Savior, our deliverer, our friend, we thank you that we can always call on you, and you will always give an ear to us. You promised never to leave us nor forsake us, and, God, you've never done that. And we thank you, and we honor you, Lord. As many times we have come, we have we prayed to you for different situations. We have prayed to you. And, and some even this morning might have some family issues on their mind. Some may have some health issues that they're concerned about. Father, some may be wondering what tomorrow holds with all these uncertainties and all the things that come with life. But today, at this time, we praise you, we glorify you, we come together. And even though that we may not know everything that's on everybody's heart, that you have placed upon them their hearts to pray for and to lift up before you, I thank you, Lord God, because individually we can touch you. You have not retreated nor have you left us alone. You're always with us. You've always proven that to be so. So God, we thank you, Lord. It's hard to see disaster and see you. It's hard to see sickness and see you. It's hard to experience pain and still see you. It's hard to be criticized and ostracized and still see you. But, God, we look into the eyes of humans, but we take the approach of Peter. We look upon the storm, and we see you rising above the storm, with your arms stretched out, begging us to come to you, and we thank you for that. And we thank you for never leaving us. Father, we thank you for our dear pastor and all of the things that you're doing in this life and how you have orchestrated his life for such a time as this. God, continue to be with him and bless him in all of his endeavors and all that his name is connected to. We continue to ask for favor upon his life. God, we ask you to continue to bless him like you have already had. Lord, everyone that is here has assembled this this day. Needs you for one thing or somebody needs you for another. But, Father, we all come today praying, saying, Lord, we know that you have already answered. Because of the finished work of the cross and because of the blood that you shed for us, and we thank you, we honor you, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. There may be some things on your heart that you want to pray and talk to the Lord about. It's a time that we can do that now. Pastor said that, you don't. Know, we have that time. Let's utilize that time and take advantage of it right now. And God could use someone else to be praying for your situation while you're praying for somebody else's situation or whatever the thing that that you have before the Lord. Let's go before the Lord now in prayer. Okay.
2: Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
1: I imagine nice, cool fall approaching day. Out in the middle of the sticks, you have this man who had found himself being removed from the spotlight. This man who had found himself being removed from the center of the conversation. They didn't want him there. They didn't like him there. And they frustrated him until they found a way to get rid of him. And and now he's out minding his business. He's out in the corner and he's just staying to himself doing what he's doing. He's, He's not bothering anybody. He's not... Affecting any policy, he's not changing any laws. There's nobody looking to him for any type of support. There's nobody that he can influence. Everybody can do whatever they want to do. The corporations and the the Congress and the policy and whoever they can run roughshod because the one who might be able to do something, well, he's gone out in the in the sticks, minding his business. And while he's out there in the wilderness on the brisk of fall in the cool of the sunrise, he just happens to decide to go deeper in. It's like he wasn't far enough removed from civilization. He wasn't far enough removed from the the culture, he wasn't far enough from people he had he had to go deeper in and while he goes deeper in he finds something that intrigues him. Sometimes I wonder because of the culture, and I know that there are theologians who will definitely debate this. As far as I'm concerned, they will debate this until Jesus comes or the cows, whichever comes first. What color was Moses? Was Moses black? Was Moses another ethnicity? Truth of the matter is that there are some who will argue basically amongst the theologians and the historical, the archaeologists and all those fine folks. They'll get together and they'll make the argument that since Moses was a Hebrew, uh, that Hebrew and African-American are somewhat of a merged society, that from the Hebrew you get the modern black man. Some would argue that. Some would argue that with great validity. But then I remember watching some movies. I don't watch too many now. Don't really have much time to dedicate to the And I remember when I was watching movies, and some of you may remember watching those old movies, and you would find in those movies a certain setup, if you please. Anytime there was some type of trouble or some type of danger or there was some inkling of saying, you would find that the black man would run in the opposite direction.
0: Anytime
1: there was a movie that was, co-shared with african americans and black folks one of the the center lines the the constant if you will was the black man arguing with the white man because the white man wanted to go over there and bother with something there was something sizzling in the corner he had to go check it was something smoking out he had to go look it was a weird noise. He had to go over there and, and somehow he always found himself, the white brother did, getting in trouble because he found himself going to something that he shouldn't been going to just because he was nosy. That's where you get the reality or the statement or the mindset that curiosity killed the cat. So, you have this young man, and he's out there just tending to the sheep, minding his business, taking them for a walk. You know, back then you walked the sheep like you walked the dogs, get the exercise in, make sure the poles were strong and the calves was big because you got to get that bacon out of them, you know. You have no sheep. He looks over and he noticed something. And he decides that it was interesting enough that he must go and visit. Because he had no it was a guy that had seen a lot of things in the wilderness. Even more so seen a lot of things in his life, but But one thing that you don't see every day, you see fire and you see bushes. But you don't see fire and bushes at the same time, and you certainly don't see fire and bushes. And the bush isn't burning. It was almost as if the bush had a lantern in it. You know how in about a few months from now, some of you are going to take some of those strings and you're just going to lay them over your shrubs. Some of you may put them in all nice and tight tucked into your shrubs as you prepare to celebrate Christmas. Imagine with me, if you will, that this could be a shrub, but yet you knew it was fire. It was fire. It was no no pretend lantern. It was no shrub lights. It was no spotlight that you put in to make your house look all purty. It wasn't any of those solar lights that you put around the bush and light your little place up like a Christmas tree. It wasn't any of that. This was actually fire in the bushes. And so naturally this young man has to go and investigate because this is, what he called it remarkable. I would call it ludicrous. Then something hit me that probably had never hit me before. When I was a young man, after my college had been defunded, and I was looking for where the next step was, I knew Walmart wasn't it, and I knew Taco Bell wasn't it, and I knew I won't drop fries or flipping burgers the rest of my life. And I didn't know where God was. And I went to the preacher. God bless her heart. She could preach the hearts down, but I don't think she knew how to find God. Or maybe she didn't want to. I don't know. We'll never find out now she did. Nonetheless, I found something here that I did not find. I I missed it. Or maybe it just wasn't for me to find. Now almost 20 years ago. The thing that I miss is that you typically always find God in something crazy. Noah's going out to build an ark because it's going to rain. People don't know what water is. They never had a bath before. Now they're going to get drenched and drowned. That's crazy. God was in that. Then you had Abraham who was going out. He was going to be the father of many nations, but he was old and his wife was dried up. But yet somehow they were going to be able to put on some teddy pender put some candles on, lay in some rose petals, and out popped the baby. Yeah, okay, cool. That's crazy. God was in that. Then you go further beyond. You go on the other side, I was riding home last night, and I looked up, and I couldn't see coming down with J.B. Boulevard. There was a big ball of fire, just sat straight right there in the sky. Didn't move, didn't go up, didn't come down, just sat right there. And I thought about it. I said, Lord, do you got somebody out there fighting the war? You say, what do I mean by that? You remember when Joshua was out there and he was trying to uh, hurry up and end the campaign and he was losing the battle to life. So he reached out to God and said, just let the sun sit right there for a few minutes and we can take care of business. God didn't move the sun up and didn't move it down. Let it sit right there till they finished, take care of business. God was in that. You find God in the crazy. If it ain't crazy, it ain't God. If it ain't stupid, it ain't God. If it ain't making sense, then that's where you find God. And stuff that's economically and societally and educationally and socially stupid, that's where you find him. So Moses went over and he looked at the bush and and seen As God got him now? Because two things that I learned from reading this text that I would like for you to consider, not only do you find God in the stupid, but sometimes God does the stupid because he knows it's going to get somebody's attention. If you saw just a regular forest fire, ain't nobody going to pay no attention to that. If you just saw some logs just burning the ground. Ain't nobody going to pay no attention to that. But sometimes God does stuff that just make you go,
0: huh?
1: What the devil is that? That's when he's trying to get your attention. And then once he realizes he got you, then he starts talking to you. And then you realize something else about God that is fascinating to me now that I've had time to process this. God begins with stupid and then ends up in crazy. You ever notice that in your life that he'll start, he'll, he, he'll entice you. He'll pull you in with something stupid. And then once he got you sitting at the table and y'all sipping on gin and juice... Then he rolls out the real plan that's just utterly retarded. You, sir, were born to a woman who was hiding. And that woman did all she could to protect you. She put you in a little basket when they were trying to kill off all the boys and She puts you down the river and and puts you inside of the man who was trying to kill you, put you in his house. And then mama came over and did everything she could to make sure that you were raised properly, that you were healthy, that you were strong. Mama went out and she broke her back and and mama went out and she worked two jobs and and she did all these different things. She got on food stamps. She she went out and, and, and and. Whatever she had to do, insert all the struggles here, only for you to get up, only for you to become somebody, and then mess up. You went to jail. You messed up. You got kicked out of school. You messed up. You you got academically suspended. And now you In the
0: wilderness,
1: you're in the back of the projects. You're eating government cheese and you're turning the flips. And and, and now, here comes something else crazy. It's bad enough you had to go tell mama that you couldn't go to school. It's bad enough you had to go tell mama that you didn't have a good job. It's bad enough you had to go tell mama that everything that she hoped for and prayed for wasn't really in view. That was bad enough that, that you would be a burden on society, that you would just be a little old punk kid that was living off of mama in the basement. That was bad enough. But now you want to come with this stupidity, that you going to lead the Negroes out of something? Have you met black people? Have you talked to him for five minutes? Have you ate dinner with him? Hmm. Moses is our guy of interest today. Moses is sitting there and he's not putting down the people. It is what it is. You can't be beat up that long and that hard and not have some type of cynicism. You can't be beat up that long and that hard and lose some sense of positivity, become more of a critic, become more problematic than purpose-driven. So some way I believe in the back of Brother Moses' mind, he understood the plight of the people and the attitude that was connected to the same. But the question that became interesting. Is first Moses was given a history lesson. He was given the plight. He was given the problem. Moses saw the plan, he saw the platform, if you will, that he was to run on. The misery of the people, the cries of the people. They were oppressed. They were overworked and underpaid. They didn't have good health insurance. They didn't have good life insurance. They didn't have good retirement. They they would have to go to the grocery store on the fifteenth and the thirtieth and they were forced to try to decide between bread and water. You know what it's like when you sitting in the grocery store with a calculator. Not because you're trying to figure out how to keep your pennies in your pocket, but trying to figure out how to make sure you got enough pennies in your pocket. So you sitting there and you picking stuff up in the cart. You've been there before. All the poor folks can raise their hands here. And you look down, you get up a loaf of bread, and you say, okay, that's three ninety-five. Let me look down here, okay? I got this hamburger. That's $6. I got this. These head of lettuce, that's seven, because I wanted two. So six and seven is 13, and then this bread is four. Uh, Then you got to use your fingers. That's 14, 15, 16, 17, all right? All right, I'm getting close to 20 here. Let me see here. What else I can get? It explained the plight God did. And then he said, not only are we going to deal with the plight, but I'm going to send you the boy with no college degree. I'm going to send you the boy who has no connections and the ones that he had was burnt. I'm going to send you the boy who doesn't have an IRA, who doesn't have any CDs, the boy who doesn't know any investment bankers, the boy who can't go into a room and negotiate with the millionaires and the trillionaires, the 1%, the boy who lost the election and was sent home in defeat, the one who never been to the rubber dinners, you know the rubber dinners, with the two chicken legs, the five string beans, and the drizzle, $75 a plate. Never been to one of them dinners. But I'm going to send you. Couldn't read, couldn't write, but you're going to go. And you're going to talk to Dr. Ken, I mean, Dr. Pharaoh. You're going to go and you are going to be the one, you, my sir, are going to be the one to deliver the people. You. Moses, I can imagine where he's been or where he is. I can imagine it. Actually, I almost can't imagine it. I almost can see it. Why I got to go? I'm happy over here cleaning up sheep escalators. The only thing I got to do is here by all day. Nobody's talking back to me. Nobody's giving me their opinion or telling me that I'm not paying attention to their feelings. No, nobody's saying I don't understand. I don't have to navigate between your faults versus others. Nobody's telling me that they can do it by themselves. They don't need my support. Well, I got to go. And God said, you know, you are the one. You ever wondered? I, I wonder this sometimes. I wonder as I went out under the sky. I wonder why the main character is always the crazy ones. Why is the main character always the guys who probably should be sanitarium bound? The ones who have severe mental health issues. David was so crazy, he told you he was depressed. Peter was so crazy, he wanted to fight, cuss, and kill everybody. Noah and Abraham, they were drunk. Go read in the Bible where you think Lot and the repopulation of the earth came from because Lot was drunk. So you got the drunk, the mental insane. And the the hooligans And yet from there Came fathers of many nations Deliverers and senior pastors Again that goes back to that first original thought God is crazy And before you go to question me And say that you have a counter to my argument Let me clear up my statement He takes The stupid thing. To confine the wise. So God responds. Unless the Bible is a lie and you want to argue that. In the crazy. So Moses is sitting here. Our person of interest today. He's having a little bit of a. Of a struggle, because he doesn't understand. Again, who am I? Why am I so important? I ain't got no. Why am I so important? Don't everybody think I'm worth nothing. No way. Don't everybody think I had no sense. Everybody think I'm stupid. I'm just a laughing stocker. Why are you going to go and put me in the trouble? They ain't want me there no way. They think they better than me. They think they know more than I know. Why well, I got to go over there? Let them have the God forsaken city. Oh, you ain't said that before. I don't believe you did nothing in your life. If you haven't got to that point, then please go try to do something with your life. You'll get there. You'll get to the point where you just go and play with the sheep and pick up the excrement. There have been some days when I thought the only thing I was good for was just to be the trash truck driver. I was remember talking to a preacher some time ago. I said I was going to create a trash church. That's what we going to call it, the Church of Trash. They said, why are you going to call the Church of Trash? Because we'd all be the rejects of society, the ones nobody wants, the ones nobody thought was important. That's what Moses was, I dare to argue. I'm nobody that I should go and stand before world leaders or city leaders or local leaders. Number one, I'm not good enough to go. Number two, I'm not good enough to be in Pharaoh's presence. Number three, ain't nobody going to follow me nowhere. Three strikes and you're out. And then here comes the point of interest. Yeah. There's God talking right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. I know they think you're crazy. I know they think you ain't got no sense. I had a mentor one time. We was, we were talking. We had some dinner. And I was just yelling. Oh, I was angry. They don't make no sense. They, they all think I'm stupid. They think I don't know what I'm talking about. Every time I say something, oh Eric, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Don't make no sense. You come here with these stupid ideas. Why don't you just go somewhere and sit down? Ah yeah 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 yeah. And he just sat there, and he said, boy, you need to calm down. You're going to bless a blood vessel. Oh, I was so angry too, the blood pressure was rising. You can feel the varicose veins coming out my neck. I was so hot. And he said, you know the funny thing about people who think you're stupid? I said, no. He said, they the ones who always get shot. Because they underestimate people they think is stupid. Let them think you're stupid. Because when you come, they won't know what's coming. People who think you stupid are the ones that you should laugh at. There was a passage, you remember it in the scriptures, When men speak evil of you, rejoice, for your Father is in heaven. He has better plans for you, and he knows what they don't know. He sees what they don't see. As a matter of fact, Brother Paul presented the case over in Corinthians, He's saying the argument, if they were smart, they wouldn't have put you out. If they were smart, they wouldn't even have killed Jesus. But the reason why they did is because them folks don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. Have mercy on them, Lord. I don't know what they're doing. Of Moses, understanding all that we have discussed, processing all that we heard, he realized what Paul said in the book of Philippians when he was talking to the first church of Philippi. I can do Through Christ, this strengthens me. This morning, as my dear Granny comes to pray, our focus here is on those all things—the things the thing that you have in your life that you feel is inadequate, insignificant that you feel is unimportant, that you feel like that your age and your limitations have now crippled you to the causes of your future. Oh, I can play blind. I can sing deaf. I can do evangelism in a wheelchair. Oh, through Christ.
2: That strengthens me.
1: God does not waste time, nor does he waste breath. And the fact that you still breathe it means that you still have time. Oh, Sing. through Christ, who strengthens me, my dear grandmother.
2: Most holy and all wise fathers, we come to you this morning. We come to say thank you. We thank you, gracious Father, because you've been there for us. We thank you, God, because through all things you have brought us out, and we just want to say thank you. God, we thank you because you told us to give you thanks in all things. Things may not seem to be what you think they should be, but you say give you thanks. And we just said thank you this morning. We praise you this morning and we magnify your name. Because, God, you let us see another day, a beautiful day, the sun is shining. And, God, you glorify us, and we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you this morning. God, as we heard your word, help us, oh, God, to take your word and walk in it, talk it, and live it. Help us to realize that you are with us. Help us to realize you have never, never, never left us. You have never forsaken us. You have used every situation for our good, and we just thank you. We thank you this morning, God, and we praise you. Bless this waiting congregation, God. As we listen to your word, help us to let that word sink deep down in us, that we might be strong vessels for you that we might be encouraged to one another, that we might let others know how sweet you are, that we might be able to be that shining light in this dark world, that others might see you and know that you are a loving Father. We just thank you this morning. Bless our pastor this morning. God, we thank you for him. We thank you for what you're doing for him. We thank you, dear God, for the strength, and for the love, and for the revelation and your wisdom and your knowledge that you've given him day by day. Although people look down, but God, you looked up on him. You picked him up and said, look to me. I am the author and the finisher of your salvation. Help him to keep his eyes focused on you. Help him to rejoice and praise you. May not see, may not understand, may not know, but all he needs to know, that you are there with him, that you are working it all out. We thank you this morning. We praise you. We love you, God, and we magnify your name. And, God, as we go forward, we want to give you all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs> Have a glorious day. Jesus, love you, and I do too. Thank you for being here this morning. <laughs>